0: Introducing Smart Eye Mirror. Smart Eye Mirror is a customized touch screen mirror designed just for you. Customized to you as you get ready in the morning to enhance your productivity and stay organized. The following are just a few examples of how you can customize your screen. Here you see, we have the weather, the forecast, and again, our digital album. And we have the time, affirmations. So it's pretty phenomenal. We have a YouTube video playing right in the background for like study focused music, but you can play any music video from YouTube. on here's the calendar view. It is designed for early adopters and innovators only. Not just a smart watch. it's a smart lifestyle. Go check it out at Best Morning Routine Ever com and go into the dress up tab and there you'll see all things smart eye mirror to give you more information and i will be excited and elated to customize it to you and your liking and your lifestyle
1: you're listening to the best morning routine ever podcast the show that proves no one stumbles upon success ever with your host Lou need Every Mondays and Thursdays, we deliver cold heart evidence behind the power of a robust morning routine. Get ready to be transformed by the renewal of your mind.
0: Hello, morning enthusiasts. Welcome to the Best Morning Routine Ever podcast. I am your host, Looney Lewis, and today it is an honor. It is a joy to introduce a very special guest to the show, Susan Falter. She is a writer, a podcaster, a speaker, and whose work has appeared in self Oh, more fitness, new woman in the New York Times. I mean, this woman is well-known and I'm excited to have her on the show (laughs) because she herself is the host of Self-Care for Extremely Busy Women podcast. She is the author of uh, multiple self-help titles, including the Extremely Busy Woman's Guide to self-care, and the upcoming book and serial podcast, Free Spirited. She speaks virtually and on stage about self-care, and she is all about transformation. Now, I had the honor of being on her show last week, so it is such, such an honor to kind of give this back and bring her on to hear her story because it is powerful, and I've gotten to know her, and already she's like a sister to me. So, Susan, with no further ado, welcome to the show.
1: Luned, no you are a darling. Thank you for having me. Great intro, much appreciated.
0: It is my pleasure. It is my pleasure. So tell us about your journey um, so far. I mean, you are well versed. You've been an author. You're an author, well known speaker. But you know, walk us through your journey here so far.
1: Well, very major something happened in the middle of my career in 2012. You know, as you mentioned, I've been an author for many, many years and written a lot of different types of books, self-help and fiction and so forth. And um, I was pretty much a driven workaholic who was dabbling in the world of internet marketing, Mm -hmm. the dark world of internet marketing, (laughs) you know, around 2012. And my daughter, Teal, suddenly died from a medically unexplainable cardiac arrest a few hours after we had dinner one night in a restaurant in San Francisco. She just died. And the cause of her death is unknown. And what was transformational about this for me, I mean, when you go through the death of a child, your whole life stops. Everything goes on pause, Mm -hmm. including your workaholic behavior and the businesses that drove you to do this. So I had to stop everything for two years. I didn't work. And during that time, I just grieved. And I focused on relearning who I was. And I made a determination at the time of her death that I was going to use this as a catalyst to become a better person, very much like she was, mm-hmm. because she was a very present, very compassionate, very loving very dear soul who Mm -hmm. really didn't care about how much money she made or how successful she was or how many likes she had on Facebook or, you know, Mm -hmm. any of that stuff, What she cared was she cared about people and she had epilepsy, which may or may not have been the cause of her cardiac arrest. It's if it was, it was an extremely rare situation. So she was very focused on self-care and after her death she left behind journals that i read and really began to absorb and mm-hmm. a lot of them were about asking her higher power her you know spiritual connection what do i do about this and that and how do i move through the world and the entries were so extraordinarily beautiful and i was so moved by them while i was doing this searching of my own And what I learned during that two-year period was to stop being so externally focused and start to focus on me and my needs and how I was doing and what it was going to take to fulfill me and make me happy again. Mm -hmm. And along the way, I discovered self-care. Self-care is not something I really knew much about. Self-care was something I put off, you know, I would have a massage every quarter, (laughs) <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that was it. <laughs> and I was like, I'm good. I'm good on self-care. I exercise a lot, you know. <laughs> it was it was like frenetic. Yeah. It was frenetic. And what I see, I mean, I was this extremely busy woman, which is why I wrote a book for extremely busy women because I know what the mindset is. And the right. mindset is you're never enough. You're never going to do enough. You got to do it alone and it's got to be perfect. And that was how I lived my life until Teal's death. And Teal lived the opposite. It's more important to be present. Mm. It doesn't matter what you accomplish as long as you are happy and the people around you are in good shape and have what they need and you have what you need yeah. and that you're all in it together. That was, that was her MO. So I began to really learn about that. And when I wrote my book, Uh, The Extremely Busy Woman's Guide to Self-Care, it's not how to jam more stuff into your day. Mm -hmm. It's about how to undo some of the stuff in your day. It's about how to ask for help and get it. And and I'm not talking about hiring help. I'm talking about finding help from your community. It's about building a community. It's about having people you can really talk to. It's about listening to yourself and determining what you need. So many women... That I have connected with since I wrote that book talk about how they have to shut the bathroom door Mm -hmm. and sit on the floor and cry to get some space. Wow. And that's just wrong. You know, that's just wrong. And it has a lot to do with the cultural ethos in the United States, at least, which is we have to be every woman. Mm. We have to be here for everyone all the time. And we are at the bottom of the list. So, The journey includes this Facebook group, which is how you and I met each other. And, um, you know, through the whole time, that two-year period when I wasn't working, I knew I was supposed to do something with sort of Teal's healing message, but I did not know what it was. I couldn't, just couldn't quite put my finger on it. How did it come to you? Well, I didn't realize it was about Mm self-care. I just knew that slowly I was going to kind of like beat my way out of this paper bag of not knowing. And in order to do that, I had to accept not knowing and get comfortable with not knowing. And once I did that, everything started to fall into place. And I noticed, you know, I wrote this little guide to self-care as a free giveaway. And I noticed that people really loved it, really loved it. So I was like, huh. I could talk about self-care, self-care is what I'm learning here. And it's like slowly the pieces came together. And then a literary agent came out of nowhere and said, I love your work, do you have a book on this? And I didn't, so I put one together. And then, you know, that went to a publisher. And then I started the podcast, the Mm -hmm. Self-Care for Extremely Busy Women podcast, started it almost three years ago. And I've just been like slowly building this out. But the most amazing thing that happened, and it really was (laughs) like like so many things on this path, it just came out of nowhere. I had a Facebook group that was kind of working along and slowly growing, and I felt good. It was at 10,000 and members and people were respectful and kind to each other other and and it seemed to be fulfilling a need and I felt good about that and every day I'd get you know maybe a hundred member requests or something. Mm-hmm. One morning I woke up and I had twenty seven hundred member requests and it was like I read that wrong that can't be right <laughs> so I go in and I look at it and it is twenty seven hundred women looking for self care it is not the same person twenty seven hundred <laughs> times or it's not all fake profiles you know so the next day there were thirty six hundred. A week later, there were 5,700 one wow. morning. I mean, it just went up and up and up. And in six weeks, the group went from 10,000 to 55,000. And that was with turning away 50,000 people that had not agreed to the rules. Mm. So this, to me, became the new space of healing and spreading this message. Now, I want to add something very important, which was that Teal, in her sweet, free-spirited, compassionate way, wanted to be a healer. And she didn't really know how she was going to be a healer. She just knew she was supposed to be a healer. So, in comes this Facebook group, and I'm like, ah, I've created this group so all these women can help heal each other. Mm -hmm. And that's what goes on. So, it feels to me like self-care has led me to this place Of
0: fulfilling Teal's legacy. That is powerful. That is powerful, Susan. Thank you for sharing that. Her legacy lives on. And and through her journal, I, I loved her journals. How you said there was a lot of questions to her higher power and how to be, how to show up every day. Yes. How to show up every day. That's it. How to be how to be the woman of essence and how to be more present. And that is challenging as you as you mentioned a lot of moms a lot of busy women because we have to be all women to everyone we have to be a support to everyone really don't get a downtime really you know no. all rushing to the bathroom to actually make that make that um, quiet time to <laughs> themselves and it, it it shouldn't be that way how can the women begin to develop this self-care and make it priority? Well, one of the things that I
1: loved about coming on the show is that your focus is on routines and routines are the key to this, because when you have a routine, you have committed to it. You have said, I claim this. I'm using this time for me. And a routine, as you have pointed out, can be very short. It doesn't have to be a big one hour long routine, right? But a routine is a routine. So the first thing women need to do is understand they're not wrong for wanting self-care they actually need self-care. The women who have poor self-care are eight times more likely to suffer from heart disease. And I'm talking about going on vacations, having adequate sleep, eating a reasonable diet. It isn't all just how much cholesterol you're eating. It's also about how are you balancing your life? Mm -hmm. So, we have to do this. If we care about our children or our employers or our family members, we have to do this. If we can't do it for us, do it for them. And really, I think one of the keys to this whole thing is boundaries Mm -hmm. and being able to say no. And when someone is disappointed, allowing the guilt to come up, but then pass. Yeah. Because just because somebody else doesn't like it doesn't mean it's wrong. What it means is you are honoring something you need and you are empowering yourself. And will they
0: always be angry about it or annoyed about it? Probably not. (laughs) this too will pass. Right. The power of saying no, it really is. um, It's grounding to be able to stand firm in that answer and, and love yourself enough to say no. I think that's what that's what it comes down to. Right. Because you were saying yeah, we're, we're, we're so busy. We, we're not enough. We have to be perfection. We have to be everything to everyone else. Yet we don't put ourselves first. We don't love ourselves, enough you know, to say I'm going to commit to this routine and that commitment. Yeah. I'm going to come, um, to stand my ground and actually say, no, I will not be talked to like that I'll be treated or exhaust mm-hmm. myself at the expense of making everyone else happy. Because mm-hmm. it's, it's those beliefs. It's those those um I call them ants, automatic negative thoughts, these limiting beliefs. That,
1: <laughs> <laughs> that is great because you know what? They are crawling around your brain yeah. like a swarm of ants. Yeah. They really are. And they seem to <laughs> multiply. I love it.
0: Yeah. <laughs> they they do multiply and it's scary. And and a lot of it is it's really how we've we we were. But it's programmed is the word. We're programmed at an early age, right? We've been programmed to be a caregiver, a caretaker, and put everyone first, put everyone before us. But if we're not well, we're useless to everyone around us. That's the that's so the risk. Is. So that's the risk. And so for when it comes to, to, get to tapping into those, those limiting beliefs, how do you help women go there to that mindset shift? Where do we begin?
1: I can't even tell you what a huge deal guilt is Mm -hmm. because in our Facebook group, people are always posting about guilt. I feel so guilty taking time away from my baby, even though I really need a nap. Can I really ask my husband? He's worked all day. I agreed to stay home and take care of the baby for a while. Now I feel bad. It's like uh, this is where balance will help. And the automatic preset is to feel guilty in a situation involving nurturing or taking care of you know, some tasks at work that you think nobody else is going to do. Mm-hmm. If you find yourself thinking, oh, I'd better do that because nobody else will, or I better do that because I'm going to do it better, just notice that. Because when you say no, somebody else gets to say yes. Somebody else gets the opportunity. Somebody else gets to prove to themselves they can do something. Mm-hmm. You know, it's often, I've noticed in some organizations and in places of employment that it's always the same people who volunteer for stuff. And uh, that's a preset. That's the same preset as feeling guilty. The yeah. I have to do it because nobody else will. And these are, you know, these are illusions, friends. These are not real laws written into the scriptures or the sky yeah. or, you know, some tabula rasa, which is the basis of our life. This is something we inherit. We accept it without thinking and we do it. Right. And I'm here to
0: kind of stir things up and have women rethink what they're agreeing to. Right. Just being aware. I love that you you start with awareness and realizing, hey, you're having those thoughts. They are coming up and not to brush them off. I think a lot of time we try to to stifle them and not properly deal with them and they grow Mm -hmm. in magnitude. Um, they come yes. up, they reoccur, and so mm-hmm. it's a it's a matter of, of addressing them as they do show up. So that I, I love that work. And I, you said something earlier as I, as I was listening. The people who are the default is to say yes. The default is to say I'll do it because no one else is going to do it like I do or gonna take care of it. What comes up is when you say yes, what are you saying no to? Yeah. There's, mm-hmm. that, there's that mm-hmm. notion. You say yes to, to being there, to taking on that task, but you only have so many, so much time. So, you know, you only have so the 24 hours. So, if you say yes to that, you're definitely saying no to yourself. You're saying no to the boundaries. You're saying no to the self-care. You're saying no to putting yourself first. You know, when you say yes, what are you saying no to, really?
1: And I'm not saying we should always say no. Sometimes it's very rewarding mm-hmm. to say yes. I also want to say it's okay to ask for help. That was something that was very hard for me when I had this, you know, breakdown of my entire life. I didn't realize I could ask for help and, out, and help came. There was mm-hmm. a hospice with a support group for grieving parents and, you know, a free therapist. And, and I was a little like, oh, I don't know if I want to do that. And then I just said to heck with it. And I did it. And it was life changing mm-hmm. because I realized I wasn't alone. And this idea that we have to do all this alone, that we have to be the martyrs that our grandmothers or our mothers might have been. No, that is not the world we live in anymore. We have progressed. We have progressed. And we can be free-spirited. Tell us
0: about free-spirited.
1: Free-spirited is a project I'm... Doing as the sort of major piece of Teal's legacy. And it's really about this process of reclaiming myself after her death and all of the ways that she helped me from the afterlife. Because I did feel her around me extensively, mm. guiding me. It's more of a spiritual book than the Extremely Busy Woman's Guide to Self Care, which gets into the beginnings of her journals and such. But this is the whole story. And there are some really, really remarkable encounters that I had with her where she appeared to me as light or uh, you know, light coming around a doorway. And I had visions. She was there in my dreams. I mean, she was everywhere. She was in my body at times. And she was helping me cope and she was teaching me about getting back to myself in the way that she always naturally was, mm-hmm. because that was her gift. So, Free Spirited is also about, by returning to myself, I became more compassionate towards other people. It just naturally happened. And I wasn't looking to do that, because I was a really self-centered person at the time of her death. But it's about discovering the power of, of compassion towards yourself and towards other people, and why that matters
0: now. Right. Why now? Because you, you've had the experience. <laughs> Why wasn't that your first book, Free Spirited?
1: Well, I needed to know what the ending was, Lunid. And for me, the ending has a lot to do with the Facebook group. Okay, And the Facebook group has become this incredible place where women bring their most vulnerable, most tender questions. Mm-hmm. People ask questions like why can't I find any friends? Mm. What do I do about this guy who's controlling my money, you know? Yeah. <laughs> what how am I going to deal with this child who doesn't want to talk to me? Mm. These are the most critical, vulnerable, powerful questions we have in our quest to become better people and have a happier life. And I found Simply by stepping back and letting the group unfold, that these women were going to carry me to a place of creating an environment of greater compassion. Mm. And the best thing is, I have women from all over the world who are from all over the world, all ethnicities, all gender identities, all sexual orientations, all coming together, helping each other in the most beautiful, simple, authentic way. And I never could have envisioned this, and this is what the story of Free Spirited is about—the legacy that Teal has
0: left with you. Yeah, and you're you're being obedient and carrying it. It's beautiful to hear it and to see how it comes back full circle, and how you are still being guided. Oh yeah, I mean, just because I published the book doesn't mean it's over. (laughs) (laughs) Do you hear
1: that, Teal? (laughs) Um, Yeah. Now I'm like eager to see where it's going to go, Lunid, because I sort of feel like. You know, this book, which will be out in December of uh, 2020, is... 2021. uh, Let's redo that. (laughs) (laughs) Stop, pause, redo. This book that will be out uh, later this year, December of 2021, is going to be my sort of final note on the subject of how this death and this discovery of self-care transformed my life yet. Yet. I know there's something that will come from it and I don't even know what it is, but I can feel it. So, you know, things are felt and not known
0: and they're sometimes the best things of all. Yeah. Let's, let's develop that a little bit more, right? You're embracing the unknown, but yet you're hopeful and confident that it's going to pan out. How can one tap into that?
1: Boy, you know, it took me that entire two year period to even get comfortable with the unknown because I am like, Germanic person who must know what to do next. I've always had the too long to do list. Mm-hmm. I've always had like this, you know, stick in my mind beating me to get everything done. So to not know, to have a day of doing nothing, which mm-hmm. would and turned out to be two years of, you know, <laughs> doing nothing, basically just yeah. writing little essays here and there, mm-hmm. I learned that nothing bad would happen that I wouldn't fall off the apple cart, you know, that I wasn't going to be left behind by the world, Mm -hmm. that I wasn't going to die. In fact, paid work, I kept trying to restart my old business and it wouldn't go. Mm. And instead, an investor came out of nowhere and offered me a gig writing fiction, which I'm still doing. And I have written, I'm on my ninth novel for him. Wow. It's, yeah, it's like, And they're fun and they continue to expand my message. And they're, you know, I have did five books about a group of lesbians in Oakland called Mm -hmm. the Oaktown Girls Series. That's so much fun because Mm -hmm. it's about a group of women, diverse women who all come together as dear friends. And some of them are partnered and some aren't. And they just help each other. Mm. They really, really help each other. And, you know, these are my messages. This is my healing message for everybody just in the form of fiction. So that's cool.
0: You're having a lot of fun (laughs) doing what you love. I am. I am. (laughs) You're so right. Yeah. Doing what you love. And that, that's that's life. Yeah. Life is doing what you love. And it doesn't seem like work. Ideally. it gives you yeah. energy like you just are present. You're in the moment and you are you you hear from the divine, the divinity as well. When you're in that space, that head space and that that's what that that's being a free spirit and being grounded is about is being able to to silence yourself long enough to hear it to to be guided by it. Thank you for saying that. Thank you for saying that. Because I think that's
1: probably the biggest thing I got out of not knowing was becoming more silent, allowing more peace and silence into my day, you know, and that's why the morning routine thing is so great, because what better time of the day to allow in the silence than the first thing in the day?
0: Let's do it. How do you get up, dress up and show up?
1: (laughs) (laughs) Well, you know, okay, so I'm a person who has struggled with insomnia, and it's it's pretty much resolved now. But when I've had insomnia, one of the best things I did for myself was to begin my day with Yoga Nidra, which is, I use recordings for it, and it's a guided meditation in which you systematically relax every part of your body and you begin to go deeper into the layers of yourself mm-hmm. and you begin to be present to your body as an entity and you as an entity and how they work together. And it is it is literally called the yogic sleep because mm-hmm. you go into your alpha state and you rest, but you're awake yeah. and you're guided and you come out of it and it's as if you've had two more hours of sleep. <laughs> so that's pretty good. Most of the time, my routine is a simple, more simple seated meditation for about 20 minutes. And I love Insight Timer, which is an app, which helps me create my own little soundtrack. And I like to have a little something to listen to while I meditate. And it's just, you know, chimes and waves and such. Uh, I also drink a quart of water every morning, nice. first thing. Mm-hmm. And uh I really, I have to have two big quart mason jars of water every day to kind of keep body and soul together. And if I start the day that way, I seem to have more energy and more clarity of focus. Part of my meditation also includes a little yogic breathing. Mm -hmm. So I do some, what people call breath of fire, that kind of thing, probably for about five minutes, just to sort of really get my senses moving and my stimulation going. And I always have a few moments of prayer and gratitude. And I just really get in touch with what I'm really grateful for right now. And that's just wonderful, you know? Yeah,
0: that it, is, that is it puts a great. smile to my face to hear that because you're confirming what every other entrepreneur has said. It's like those things are mm-hmm. non-negotiable. What you need to do to prime yourself for the day. With the, the meditation, the yogic meditation you mentioned, I do something very similar and my Fitbit does read it as me sleeping for an hour. <laughs> <laughs> okay interesting we'll that fit fit <laughs> yeah interestingly enough the body's so relaxed you're, you're you're taking off into this this space where you're um it, it's beautiful it's quite beautiful i can't even explain it to you because yeah. you, you you go through it in the morning but yeah. Um, I, I do wake up. I do feel refreshed. If I woke up in a bad mood, if I woke up a little stressed um, because of what happened the mm-hmm. night before, after that you, that meditation, I am a fresh new person. And that's what's supposed to do.
1: Well, and it's really, I want to say for that, Lene, that the yogic sleep, uh, the yoga nidra, it is a practice which is led by another person. So it's important if you're curious about that, to find a yoga nidra recording on Spotify or YouTube, wherever you look for such things. But they're out there. And mm-hmm. just like you're saying, it is, it, it's is—it's like you magnetize your soul to kind of wake up and join you yeah. for the day rather than leaving it behind because you're all
0: frantic and focused on something in front of you rather than within you yeah and it's that that peace, that moment of quiet we we're talking about you're allowing yourself to have that moment so that you can be grounded um to set yourself yes. up for success for the day that's your time it's me time i like to to call it and that's yeah. non-negotiable yeah it is it yeah is me time. I, I love the the hydration because you know our brain is you know 70 plus water and if we're not hydrating we're really starting up with brain fog <laughs> (laughs) we're starting on the wrong foot (laughs) literally and we all a lot of us consume caffeine
1: in the morning i have a little matcha myself and caffeine is dehydrating so then you need more than
0: two quarts of water you need a commensurate amount of water with your caffeine right imagine waking up and going straight for the coffee like Mm -hmm. millions of people do um you're already setting yourself up as a deficit And so um, thank you for sharing that about water. I mean, this has been really, really (laughs) engaging and and looking at transformation in a whole different light, um, because it's your story. It's your daughter's story. And in the proof, the proof that you get every step of the way gives me chills, because when you Mm -hmm. are when you find your purpose, nothing can get in your way. Yeah. You're driven, you on the right path and you're being guided. And that I'm really honored to have had you share that with us today, Suzanne. It's, it's really been such a joy. Now, I know people are listening and are wondering how can they find you? How can they connect with you? So please share with us.
1: I'd be happy to. Uh, my podcast is Self-Care for Extremely Busy Women. Or you might want to drop by the Facebook group, which is the Self-Care Group. Extremely Busy Women on Facebook, or you can come over to my blog and read my posts and find my freebies and so forth. And that is at Suzanne, S-U-Z-A-N-N-E, falter, F like Frank,
0: A-L-T-E-R.com. Thank you, Lanid. Yes, morning enthusiasts. You've heard it here first. This has been Susan Falter. That Facebook group is very welcoming. It is a truly healing, a place for healing. Mm -hmm. I do encourage you to go check it out. And of course, grab your Hit Savers app, get your routine in place and start thinking about you. 10, Mm -hmm. 20 minutes Mm -hmm. where you put yourself first in the morning to allow yourself that self-care so you can be better to show up in your life to take care of everyone else around you, but you take care of yourself mm-hmm. as well. So it's been a joy. Beautiful. Susan, thank you. Thank you for the opportunity for coming on the show today. Thank you, Looney. Beautiful to be here.
1: Well, all right, morning enthusiasts. That's it for today's show. Thank you for tuning in. If you love the best morning routine ever podcast, we'd love to hear from you. So go ahead and subscribe, rate and give a review on iTunes or Google play. While you're at it,
0: tell a friend about the show. Be sure to visit bestmorningroutineever.com and our Facebook group to join the conversation, access the show notes, and discover our fantastic free
1: bonus content. Until next time.